Welcome back to another edition of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan and joined by our regular co-host, uh, Tim Foss. And joining us as a special guest, Lamar Nagel, uh, the one and only Tacoma Stars, and of course the Seattle Sounders, uh, as well as as well as basically a lot of other local teams, right, Lamar? You've you've, you've <laughs> been in and around the uh, the uh, from from the very youth stages all the way up until the pinnacle, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was even training with uh, Brian Schmetzer Sounders when they were um, NASL. I was actually there uh, during Sebastian Latou's trial. I remember oh, training. Were you? He was there. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I even uh, did an open tryout for the Seattle Dragons, the XFL. So did you really? Yeah, I went and kicked the kick the football. So oh my gosh, more and more, more and more teams, local teams. So okay, now now you've got me intrigued. Uh, how did you fare in your in your kicker audition? Uh, I actually thought I did like phenomenal. <laughs> uh, I never kicked the football, never played in high school or anything like that. And uh, I got an email from the commissioner, um, Oliver Luck, and he was having he, – he held the football for some kickers, and he played, obviously, and he just knew that some, like, Europeans used to do it when he was holding the football would come and kick, and they do good, and soccer guys. And so he, he emailed me, um, and Marcus Hanneman was out, there, was out there as well. So me and Marcus showed up. I had gone out you know, maybe three or four times and kick the football just to see before. Cause I was like, I'm just going to go out here and you know, it is what it is. And I was hitting field goals uh, from like each line uh, com- very competitively with like these college kids and young kids uh, that were like just out of college getting into the pros and had been to a bunch of tryouts. And uh, my last one was at the 50 yard, 50 yard line in the middle. And I hit it Right down the middle, I was just a few feet short. I actually hit the hit the post um, right in the middle underneath. So wow. I, was doing, I was doing well. I thought I was going to get a callback for sure. I mean, but I mean like not to, to like harp on it too much, but I would think if you're doing that with no coaching and no like real background in it, I mean, I suppose it depends on how much time they would have wanted to put into like coaching you up. But man yeah. – I would think in a lot of ways you're more like someone like you is more intriguing than a college kicker who is maybe a little bit more refined, but they're probably closer to hitting their peak. I mean, that's what I thought too. And I would, this was without me training or anything like that. So this is me not really working out too much, um, you know, leading up to it for, for that, for that year. So, but you know, it wasn't meant to be, and now XFL is gone as well. So, <laughs> I guess maybe it's all for here. the best. Right? I'm sitting here at home. <laughs> I, I I I have to imagine there have been a few football coaches over the years who have tried to turn Marcus Hahnemann into a into a player. Yeah, I mean he would have definitely been just a shoe in and not even a kicker. Just put him on the line. Right, exactly. Like I was a linebacker. He's a linebacker and a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the reason we had you. We wanted to bring you on today is not to talk about your burgeoning and uh, football <laughs> career, but to talk jerseys. We had Jersey Week last week over at Sounder Heart, and you are uh, people may not know this because when you were on the team, there was not the same level of attention paid to what players were wearing 
coming to the games. And, but it was a well-known thing among the team and among reporters that you were always one of the better dressed people on the team. And at one point you and Deandre Yedlin and Josh Ford were having like a pretty serious uh, seeming serious competition of like who could outdo the other and this, and like you guys were getting tailored, you were going to tailors, right. And you were like, getting properly fit. And Yeah. There was a couple instances of um, tailors. We went to a few suit shops together. Uh, we were planning on doing a competition where we would all buy the exact same suit um, that wasn't tailored originally. And then we would do whatever we wanted to it, all three of us separately. And then we'd have like a real like battle when we came in for the game. Uh, but that never happened. But there were, we, we, um, we did a couple fashion shows and stuff like that together um, where we did get suits. So that was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that went the same way as Slam and Sounders, unfortunately, which was. Yeah. Short, shortly lived. Yeah. I think we had like two, two posts on that thing. I know I've brought this up many times, but I was so excited when Slam and Sounders came out. I was like, this is good. They're going to be internet sensations with this, but. That's what happens in preseason. We get bored, but then, you know, preseason ends and. You're not bored anymore. Yeah, you're not bored anymore. You're busy. But uh, yeah, so Tim, of course, uh, spends, is probably best known on our blog for, uh, for breaking down the fashion senses of various players. Uh, and I can only imagine he would have probably, I think he would have been very much up his alley uh, if, if <laughs> those kinds of things existed in together the way that they do now. But um, so I'm excited to hear some of the questions Tim will have for you about your fashion sense in general. But let's just start here since we're talking jerseys. Uh, do you have like a favorite jersey you ever wore for any team or, and, and I guess also for the Sounders? Uh, for any team, I think, I mean, the black one from the Sounders. The pitch black? Uh, um, yeah, the pitch black uh, had to have been. I'm just, I'm a fan of that darker one. Um, that was like, yeah, and even like doing the Halo stuff was was really cool. So that whole experience, we had a couple um, shoots where we were like with the the um, what's his name, the Master Chief, uh, Headmaster. Yeah, Master Chief. Yeah, he was like six, seven feet tall, and uh, yeah, we had to, we had that. And that during that time, it was you know Clinton Nova, and it was just a fun time on the Sounders. So that kind of all together, I think, makes it a little more nostalgic as well. So. That's got to be that's got to be my favorite, and having a black jersey like that's yeah all I ever wanted. It was sharp, you know. And yeah. Tim Tim can maybe get into this a little bit more, but that was I think the jersey that actually won the contest on Sounder at Heart for best jersey between the it was a essentially a competition between the Rain and Sounders, and that was the jersey I think that actually won ultimately. Oh, what was the, what was it for the Rain? Um, so basically went through and did like all of the MLS Sounders jerseys, except for the Olympic whites. Um, and then I think all except for the first two rain jerseys, just cause they were like super plain template ones. Um, and then did like five rounds of voting with five jerseys in each ones oh, okay. or in each round. And then 
uh, final round of the five winners that just the way things worked out ended up having three Sounders jerseys and two rain jerseys in that last round of voting. So that like ratio stayed pretty much the same to that point. Uh, and those sort of funnily enough, the final three Sounders jerseys options were the, the three jerseys that you guys wore in 2014. So the uh, Space Needle green one, the shale with like the sash down the left side and the pitch black jersey. Yeah. And then, and then the rain Pitch ones Black were Lime. what? Good year. And then the and then the rain ones were what? The ultraviolet, which was like the the purple and neon green. And what was the and then what was the other rain jersey that made it to the final? Uh the 2019-2020 away jersey, which is like a really sharp white jersey with black trim and then a black stripe down the center of it that is like just a series of interlocking diamonds that's mm. super sharp. So when you're, uh, so you, you like the black one, which was, it's funny because um, I think both in the case of, you know, you look at like the, the rain jersey, I think that did the best as well was the ultraviolet. And you look at the, mm -hmm. the pitch black one. And what's interesting is that neither one of those have a ton of details outside of, outside of like the color palette and maybe like I know on the the Sounders one the crest was kind of had some special little elements inside of it and I think it had like depth had some depth to it and it was kind of a, it's kind of an interesting crest that they did uh but the the rain one is is pretty straightforward it's basically just the it's it's basically just a two a two-toned jersey that um they put a, a rain logo on and it, and it looks really sharp. I love it. I actually, my kid uh, was wearing it today. My daughter was wearing it today. Uh, but I'm curious for both of you, like there's jerseys I think that we look at and we, we appreciate the subtle details and we appreciate the care and the, the uh, thought that goes into it. And maybe the space needle kit is maybe like that where it's a little understated from a distance but when you look at it up close it's like oh i really like this and i like that um but then at the same time we are attracted to these jerseys that really pop from like a t on tv like i think what was great about both those jerseys is that you see them on tv or you see them in the stands or you see them uh from a distance and you immediately know there's something special about it they're pleasing to the eye they're really simple um I'll ask you, Lamar, what, when you're looking at a jersey, first of all, how much difference does it make to feel like you like the way you look in the jersey? And second of all, what do you think makes a good jersey? Um, so to answer the, the first question, that's, that's huge. I mean, that's why, that's why guys get haircuts, you know, the day before games. That's why guys come in in suits and, like, trying to look as, as good as they can. Um, one of those things like look good feel good play good like that's why guys wear brand new cleats or like have to have the newest stuff um it's just one of those subtle like confidence things if you're confident that you're gonna play play well it's one of those belief things um so yeah having a jersey that you you really like putting on it's it's the same as having like your favorite suit that you're you know going out in or thinking that you're looking flying on the on the weekend or something like that um what makes it a, a good jersey I mean that just depends on the person like you were saying there's there's some jerseys that don't have a lot to them like or subtle things that 
people might not see, but you, you have, they have a feel about them. There's like an aura about them. And I think that black kit for me, it was like that. Yeah, there was some very cool things like the, you know, the subtle space, you know, on the green one, um, that when you look into more detail, you can appreciate it. Um, but I think for me, it was kind of that. It wasn't those like small things that, that really like stood out to me. It was like kind of the feel of the jersey when I saw it, you know, what was your initial response to it? And I think it's for that black one, it was really good um, for a lot of people. And I know, I know for me, that's why it was my favorite. And so uh, what, have you ever had any jerseys that you really didn't like? Like every time you saw that that was the jersey you were getting ready, to, you had to wear for the game, you're like, oh. Um, I had, uh, when I played at Charleston, I didn't mind the jersey, it was the fit. Mm. It was like, it was like a medium, but it was like a box medium. So like, <laughs> it just, I was like, it was like a parachute when I was running. It was like flapping behind me. I felt like it was holding me back. So there's, there's that, there's that side of it too. Some of them, the fits of some of them. I mean, there was one year on the Sounders uh, in those green ones where they had the, the uh, silver stripes that Adidas was doing. I mean, guys couldn't even take those off. After games, everybody had to, like, help each other out of, out of the jerseys because they were so, like, constricting and stuck on you. Some guys liked it, but it's just there's different feels. That's right. There was like a compre- it was like a compression thing, right? Yeah, Adidas had that going with their, like, sliders and everything. Everything had the, the strips on them. Um, so that, that's part of it, how it felt. Uh, the Charleston one, I think, was, was one of the – ones that I didn't like just because it was but it was I mean it was USL 2 as well so it was pretty generic um, jerseys but I think the one that I disliked the most was probably the what's it called like the Scion it was just a lot going on Um, Mm -hmm. yeah that one there was it was cool to see sometimes like at night but then like there's just a lot and for me it was a lot more subtle that's again that's why the black one was nice for me yeah, I think that's like the that change of the two previous third kits where the Sounders had been electricity and the Super Cyan and was like taking the boldness of the rave green like to another level and yeah. then you get the you get sort of used to that and you're sort of maybe expecting that when a new jersey is going to be released and then the pitch black comes out and it's a black kit with that like hyper neon green that's like a pale green so it's not quite as in your face um and it just is sort of like almost a like a the impression is that it's sort of badass and um that one when you start getting into the details like the three stripes or a gradient that shifts as it goes down the sleeve yeah. Um, and I think that one particularly, like the use of that green in the shorts rather than being all black shirt and shorts really helps. Um, I think, yeah, both have like that in the rain's ultraviolet have small details where I think the rain with their crest, it was really easy to change the colors of because it basically is just a two color crest. And so that one they went to like a slate gray for the crest and their sponsor. 
Um, but I think the other thing that really helps with kits is that like both of those examples, the teams played incredibly in. And so there's all of these, you know, positive memories attached to them that there's a That's reason that, like, uh, beyond, nostalgia. yeah, beyond just that, like the three jerseys the Sounders wore in 2014 are all like really thoughtfully designed and cool looking the team just won all the time in them. And the same is the case for that ultraviolet rain well, jersey. That's the, the rain lost twice wearing that kit during the regular season. They made it to the final and only barely lost. Like, it just is easy to love a jersey that you see your team winning in all the time. Yeah. You know, I was going to say, one of the other jerseys that you guys had a ton of success in, and I actually – I don't know that if you lost – you may have lost a couple Champions League games, but your record in the electricity kits, uh, which was the jersey that uh, the team wore in 2010, 2011, which you would have spent, I guess, 2011 playing in. Um, and you had – I don't know, I guess – you. I mean, you guys had an amazing record in those jerseys. And I think that when they first came out, there was this sense of – Oh, maybe it's a little too much. But then by the end of it, you had won two Open Cups at home. You had, you know, an undefeated record in the Open Cup. You had all these great memories tied to it. I don't know. What did you think of the electricity kits, which were, I think, at that time, probably the most bold jersey in MLS history? Yeah, well, I think, um, I mean, that was right as the Sounders were like, getting established right so like first we're coming out and it's that rave green which nobody else has so that's bold as it is and then you have the blue which is downplayed but then you have you know this electric which is even more bold so it's almost like a seattle's really in your face right now with their jerseys with the green and now this you know electric um i i enjoyed it just i think for those reasons it, again it comes to that nostalgia right when we were wearing those that that is what i think of open cup because that's what we wore in the open cup and we were killing it at that time so yeah i only played in it in uh 2011 but yeah so one of the, one of the things i'm looking at i'm looking through your your uh i was double checking this because i wanted to make sure it was accurate but i'm pretty sure that you played in almost every kit the Sounders have had. Uh, because even though you weren't with the Sounders continuously for, at least up until uh, about the Xbox era, let's call it. Yeah. And so you are probably uh, as well equipped as anyone to say, to, to like kind of talk about all these jerseys. But yeah, I mean, you, you never were gone from – you were with the team in 2009, not here in 2010, back in 2011, 2012. Uh, and it, or you weren't here in 2012, but then back in 2013. Yeah. Again, you, were, you left in 2016, but then you were back in 2017, and then you're in 2018. So just, just never more than two years uh, that you were away from the team during your, your playing days. Um, and I'm curious if <clears> – <throat> your experience in terms of how you felt in the Jersey or I don't know how the perception of the, the team, the perception of the players of the Jersey was different between the Sounders and maybe some of the other places that you were. Like, um, did, did, did players care about what they like, did they ever talk about even like the jerseys? 
I don't think we ever really talked about other teams other than like when uh, like the jerseys first came out. If you were playing against them after you know the first time, it didn't really matter. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't a very big topic. I don't think. Um, it, I think it might be on some teams who have uh, other teams in the league who have a lot of the similar colors. Like if you're just have like a black and white jersey and you're going up against another team that has something similar like that, then it's like, why are we playing in it? You know, um, or I don't like playing in this one. We have to play away, so now we have to play um, in these ones. Uh, yes, yeah, it didn't really didn't really affect too many guys. I think they're they're more worried about the game than than what they're wearing. But I like like we said sometimes you know if it if you really like a jersey then yeah you do feel more confident in it. Did you did you um, I know one of the other jerseys that was kind of an interesting had an interesting look and I was reminded of this when they replayed the DC uh, Sounders game the other day uh, when you were on DC. But that yeah. jersey that had a kind of different look to it. It almost had this like faux muscle look where it was like had like the pecs almost like drawn out and uh, I don't know. What did you, what did you think of that Jersey? What were some of the other, what were some of the, your thoughts on um, DC United's look? Let's, let's say. Uh, well, I did like the black, uh, like I was saying before and, and black and red were, um, were always like a couple of my favorite colors. So that was, that was fun. Um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting one. And I think, uh, they were redoing the logo and all that. So they're trying to kind of rebrand everything. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really have too much. It was just a black and red jersey. I didn't really think too much of it. I liked the all black, but it wasn't, I feel like I wasn't there long enough to see like an evolution or they didn't have like the different colors of the sounders, like a green and a, and a white and a blue, you know what I mean? So it was either you're either black or you're white. That's pretty much it. Right we wearing today yeah uh and so what do you you must have i mean you you have like i said you you must have something like 14 15 maybe sounders jerseys maybe even six like there's been no probably more than that you probably have a couple you might have close to a couple dozen sounders jerseys i'm guessing over just yeah. over the years uh what do you do with all these like do you keep them do you still have all these jerseys I imagine one day I'll take them out of my garage and frame them and have them all up in some uh, giant man cave that I <laughs> eventually have. But that's a that's a whole dream. I don't think that'll happen. I think what'll end up happening is my kid will go through my stuff when I'm when I'm older, <laughs> he's older, and he'll just start wearing random ones <laughs> that he gets out of the garage. But yeah, no, I have I have a ton. Um, some years, multiples, uh, but. Yeah, I think I have pretty much, pretty much every single one. Um, started giving a, a couple away to like family and stuff like that, and going to do auctions and things of that sort um, for nonprofits. But uh, yeah, right now they're all just sitting in storage. And so, I do you have have you ever gotten into trading jerseys with other uh, with with opposition? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't go to. Uh, there wasn't that many kids that I went to college with that ended up playing as well. So I didn't have that immediate connection with players in the league. Um, but once you're in the league for a little while, you know, there's a lot of trades uh, uh, happening, you know, constantly. So some of your good friends are on different teams. So eventually I think I got around to getting uh, pretty much every single um, one Jersey, at least from, 
from every team. So you do eventually get around and it doesn't necessarily always happen on the field. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll think of it after and, and you'll have somebody run over the jersey and get, get the jersey for you. So you don't always see that um, after the game as well. So is that more about getting the jersey, the name on the back, or is that about kind of finalize, like completing a collection of like all? I think it just teams. depends on where you're at, right? <laughs> if you're close to getting the complete selection, you might just you know, <laughs> ask some random guy or ask the kid guy, "Hey, can I get one?" Um, but for me, it was all about um, just connections, um, you know, having friends on other teams, and and finally, finally, eventually making your way around the entire league, you know, after nine, nine, ten years. It happens. It happens pretty, pretty quick. I think um, Jaleel Alibaba, he, Alibaba, he always, um, he, he FaceTimed me the other day and had all the, all the jerseys up and uh, in his walls. I think he's in, he's in Nashville now. Um, yeah, but he's one that already, already had him framed and everything like that. I haven't done, I haven't done that yet, but I'll get, get around to it eventually. Like Oba putting all of his jerseys on chairs. Yeah, that was crazy. That was that was crazy. And there was this picture going around on the on the internet. I guess it must have been from Messi's uh, Instagram, where he had this room that was just like, you know, like twenty foot ceilings or something. But it was like just jerseys, jerseys all the way up. Um, so that's what you can plan yeah, on doing at some point. That's right? what happens when every single player wants your jersey. You can right. get whatever jersey you want. <laughs> right. He's got. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, when you, have you ever had a situation where you've gone to, like, you tried to exchange a jersey with someone and been, like, turned down? No, that was um, – that happened early on to a teammate that will remain nameless, uh, <laughs> actually in my very first game. So we played uh, – I signed in June 2009, didn't play in any, any regular season games or anything like that, but we all got to play in the friendlies, and it happened to be against Chelsea. And um, – you know, that, that, I think that's what made me the most nervous was like, can, am I going to get a jersey? Like, and then uh, I saw one of my teammates get turned down and that type of <laughs> And then it ended up being on TV. Like the camera guy was like right next to him as it happened. And um, we all got to watch that back in the locker room. Pretty devastating. So after that, <laughs> I never asked. And I, I regret it now, right? I could have had, you know, Man U, Chelsea, Barcelona, um, you know, a ton of different jerseys from even when I went to Italy with Montreal, um, we played a couple of uh, cool teams. So, yeah, I never, I never did that, and I never got turned down. It was always like predetermined we were going to trade jerseys. I always get got it. Yeah. So beforehand. I won't try to get from you who the player that got rejected was, but do you remember who the player that rejected them was? No. Was it like a big name player or anything, or was it just some random guy? No, Not that Chelsea a, has random guys. Yeah, yeah, random guy. No, it was a. I think it was a big name player. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it was a big. Because that makes it a little better, maybe. Yeah, and I mean, it could have been for uh, you know uh, a variety of reasons, right? Like they're in like a preseason. Can they trade jerseys? I know some guys did already, so I guess that's not an excuse. But um, that's happened to me where I've been in like preseason or something like that. And the equipment people were like, you can't, we don't have any more jerseys. You can't trade jerseys. <laughs> so like we would play a team and they'd ask and I'd be like, sorry, man. Like I, I honestly can't. Like this is my jersey that I yeah. have to clean and take care of. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah I got to watch this myself, man. You can't. Right. Um, yeah. 
there was that, and then there was a few like Concacaf games where I was just mad after games, and somebody asked for it. So like, oh. <laughs> I think against those think like big teams, against those big teams, when you're like asking a you know marquee player, there's got to be some like calculus of has anybody else asked him already? Did someone beat me to it and like go over during warmups or at halftime? Yeah. You know, like, make a beeline after the game so you can get there before someone else to I gamble. Think you gotta, I think you got to do it after the game. Like, what does it look like during the game? Hey, you want to trade jerseys <laughs> afterwards? Like, I maybe, maybe I guess if you're battling against the guy, I don't know. For me, it was a thing like where, like, we're against each other right now. After the game, it can be friendly and we can talk. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. Is there – were there ever uh, – like, do you have a, a jersey you traded that's sort of, like, that you're particularly proud of, that you're like, yeah, I'm really I'm, – I'm glad that I asked this person for the jersey because I'm glad to be able to have said I played with or maybe against – or against or, I guess, maybe even with them. Um, yeah. Is that something that you've ever – like, now that you're in your kind of post-playing days, either, I guess, maybe regretting that you didn't or you're really glad that you did? Um, well, I'm still waiting on my Chad Marshall jersey. Of course. He still, he still hasn't sent his. But I got Clint's um, right before he left. Um, yeah, he was, like, walking out of the locker room, and I was like, man, I, we already talked about it, but, like, I think he's leaving for good right now. I need to go just make sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but I got Clint's. It would have been nice to have gotten um, Oba's. Uh, but – yeah, I think that's I think that's it. I was mostly like you know friends that I was getting that played on opposite teams. It was never like uh, I'm really like like that guy, so I'm gonna go get his jersey. It was more of no mutual friends. We'll exchange jerseys, um, have it like that. I know nostalgia wise, and if I you know open a bar later and want to be displaying jerseys, I'll wish I would have gotten Henri's or Drogba's jersey, but. Um, yeah, I think it was a, more of just a mutual kind of respect thing for me. You, you mentioned uh, Oba and Clint. And I think sometimes people forget that you not only were you on those teams, those like 14, 15 vintage <laughs> kind of teams, but that you were a really productive player. Like not just happy to be there, even though that's sometimes what you would literally tell us is like, I'm just kind of happy to be along for this ride yeah but like you were really you had two really really productive seasons um you know from in in 2014 especially you had nine goals nine assists um i mean that ranked up there with like the league leaders in terms of goals and assists uh combined uh what was that year like uh for you and and as someone who at least outwardly, outwardly, we're saying things like, hey, I'm just trying not to mess this up. Um, what was it like emotionally kind of playing with, with when you're on a team like that where you know that there's these two personalities and two players that kind of uh, so much attention is, is given to? Yeah, I mean, it was kind of double-edged, right? Like I was doing really well but wasn't getting a lot of attention um, as I would have if I was on another team. But – in that, it was like you're watching these two guys that you know are absolutely like crazy. You see them in practice every single day, and you're like, these guys have some type of connection that is just different. So it was a little bit of both. And it was, you know, the first, you know, real string of success, like at that level that I had. 
So it was more of me like kind of figuring out is this, you know, sustainable compared to like, you know, Clinton Oba who had been in those situations before, played huge games and stuff like that. This was me like, all right, if I am comparing myself to anybody because I am putting up numbers, it's these two guys, but they're crazy out of this world. So like, I'm going to kind of stay in this lane. I'm, I'm having success. It was 13 and 14, which was the first time that I had ever stayed on the same team for more than a year. So it was kind of this, like, is this really going to keep, keep kind of going? Is this like, cause nine and nine, that's, those are great numbers. That's, you know, part of the reason that, Oh, the reason that I'm, you know, on the top scoring list for the Sounders was because of those years. So it was a thing of, I was upset that I wasn't like all on the all-stars. And I know that like, they weren't going to put three, four guys from the same team right next to each other on an all-star team. So um, that was kind of where, where that stood. I still think I should have been there. And if I would have been on another team that I, and put up those numbers that I would have been, um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, they were, they were, they were great years just production wise and being, you know, confident being in Seattle, um, having success, that type of thing. It was awesome. And was it, did it create any kind of weird dynamic in the locker room when you were, uh, when there are kind of two guys like that, that lead it, or was it, did it still feel like a cohesive, I mean, you guys clearly had a lot of success. Uh, you know, and there were some other, there was plenty of other guys on that team that were having, you know, very good, you know, DeAndre Yedlin was kind of coming up at that time. You had a, a, like veteran guys like Jimmy Traore, you had, or I guess that was 2015. But um, I mean, you had, you had a nice balance of players, Gonzalo Pinedo, another guy who had been to world cups that was on that team. Yeah. Um, I mean, what, I guess, I guess that what was the, the, the locker room like with that, with that group? It was great. I think we were all just, so confident in each other that like there was no <laughs> there was no room for conflict and if it was it was because we were pushing each other it wasn't because you know somebody didn't like the other person or like we knew we were a good team and we were you know we were killing it that was one of the devastating things that like we didn't go further that year because that of all the years of me playing like that was the team that I would have bet on um you know to go to take absolutely everything and we you know we were close to it um, but yeah, it, it wasn't like this power dynamic or an open Clint got along and they had a great connection. And the, we were like, you know, the other guys were like, these guys are going to do their thing. So we're going to kind of hold down the defense in the midfield and then let them. So everybody like played off each other. And I was, you know, the same, the same way I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play some defense, but I know if I do the work for them, like I'm going to get success up top too. So I'm just got to make sure I'm in the right place at the right time. Do you find yourself having to remind people though that you were like not just happy to be like you weren't you weren't just along for the ride on that team? I think now, I think now at the time like I'm gonna I was gonna sit back and like let them have whatever. I'm just gonna be in my outside mid place and I'm gonna score some goals. And you know usually when you have success like it's it's recognized, but I don't think it was recognized that much. Um, I think, gosh that might've been the year that um, there was a stat going around who was the best player to have on your MLS fantasy team. And I was the best player in the league because of how much I was getting paid and what yeah. I was producing. And I, I remember that. 
I remember my agent sending me that and how pissed off I was. <laughs> that's not a stat that a player wants to see. No, I'm sure. That's the first stat that you could have sent me. Yeah. That's the I, you could have sent me. I think I, I actually may have even done a story that was like 2011 maybe where I said you were the best value. Like you had the yeah. best – you had like the highest ratio of goals per dollar – like reported yeah. salary or something like that yeah so yeah I, I mean i had a knack for coming on being subbed on and like changing the flow of the game changing a game so in 2011 i didn't have that many minutes but i had five goals and like four assists, four assists and even when i went to dc uh i was starting at the beginning of the year but then at the end of the year i wasn't starting and i was coming on as a sub and i was a leading scorer on the team and i i mean i was very upset that i was um not starting and not getting that many minutes, but then I would go on for 10 and I'd get a goal. I'd go on right. for 20 and I'd get a goal. And so Ben Olsen was like, look, I would love to change it, but like we might not have a guy that's going to come on at the end of the game and score a goal or change the flow of the game. So he's like, if I put you on at the beginning and nothing happens, and then I put somebody else in and they don't change it, then we have it stagnant all the way across. But if we put, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, all right, I'll, I'll be the, you know, I was like, all right, I'll be that guy. Like, I'm not going to complain anymore. I'll come on and like change. And then we ended up making it to playoffs through a run of like goals for me at the end. And then I went into preseason. I was like, look, I'm not going to be doing this all year <laughs> in 2017. And um, then, yeah, it, it didn't work out in 2017. <laughs> so so uh, one of the other things I've always had wanted to ask you about was you have this uh, you know, it, it, it kind of lines up nicely with your, uh, your run as a kicker, but you had this kind of straight on style for taking penalties. Um, what would you, I, I had heard rumors that sometimes you would take your penalty. That was because sometimes you would take your penalty with your left foot. Is that, yeah. is that true? Not in games in practice. I would, um, okay. but I mean, I got, from a young age, I got pretty, I got good with my left foot. Um, I mean, some of my best goals are with my left foot, so I can definitely hit it hard, but I think it's funny, just the way I run and the way my hips are, like, I can run straight on at a ball, but I can still hit it at a, at the other angle, where all the goalies think I'm going to my left with my right foot, so I'm able to open up pretty quickly and, and hit it, hit it pretty, um, pretty hard to the right, so I know that's confusing, so that was one thing I did, but then I just in training and stuff like that, I would hit him with my left. You would. So that was so that was a real thing. Well, when you go against the same goal, same like three goalies in practice every single like day for PKs or however long you're taking them, they start to know what you're doing, and so it doesn't become real. So I was just having having fun with it. I would mess with them and hit it with my left. And how were you? How successful you were doing it with the left? Yeah, I was pretty successful. I think the times I would miss is I would be missing the goal. I'd be trying to smash it. But like I said, it's – I don't really – I never really liked taking them at practice too much just because you were going against the same goalie. And then you get in your own head. You're like, he right. knows I'm going this way. He knows I know I'm going this way, so he's going to go that way because I'm going to go that – and so you start to miss him in practice, and then you get in a game, and then you're in your own head. So – I didn't like I could, to take it too much in practice. I didn't take it too seriously in, in practice. I could see there being a diminishing return in taking penalties. I had never really thought about this, but I could see how when you're taking penalties in 
practice, there becomes this kind of diminishing return because it's not a, it's not a game setup. It's not, you know, there's nothing, even if you replicate there being something on the line, you're going against the same yeah. goalkeepers every week, every time. And, uh, and it's just like, it's so much, I think of penalties seems to be in your head. Uh, but one of the ones that I don't know, I'll always remember, but it's like, I, I'm pretty sure you hit the winning penalty against the earthquakes in the 2014, 2014, I think that was a 2014, uh, uh, us open cup. Open cup and, yeah. and that was the one that Marcus, uh, yeah. slammed a beer right after the game. Yeah. He stole my thunder. Was well, that what he, you, had, he had saved like, what did he save two or three of them? Yeah. He saved mm-hmm. two. I think. Yeah. He saved two and enforced another one wide, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I scored that one, and then Marcus went over and grabbed the beer. That was great. <laughs> I wish I would have done that. That was amazing. That's a good – I mean, that's, a, that's like an iconic moment to be able to, yeah. be able to like, claim. Like, I don't know. That's a – for the photo of Marcus, shirtless Marcus, slamming <laughs> – like, was, like, I think actually ends up being, like, one of the last things he, he did for the Sounders. Um, I think I may have been in the last game that he actually played. Uh, which is even oh, really? more perfect. That was the mic I think drop. so, because that was like the quarterfinals, I want to say. He didn't play in the semis, and he didn't play in the finals. Maybe it was the – but pretty sure that was the last time he played because uh, Stefan had it on pretty good lock that, that yeah. as it went on. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, thanks for walking down memory lane with me on that. I just wanted to <laughs> – I, I've I've watched that that um, the recap of that of that shootout a few times, and I was just remembering like, oh yeah, Lamar yeah. I think had the winner in that one. No, I took and I took PKs uh, for DC as well. Yeah, I was like, just looking yeah. at that. Yeah, you were, at least two for you had two only. I I, I had, was thinking you had a bunch of them in 2016, but two of nine goals. You had nine goals that year. Another yeah. nine goal season. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have that many PKs on DC. <laughs> <laughs> um, the leading scorer with nine goals. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get too many opportunities, but we still went to the playoffs, so we still had a chance. There you go. There you go. Well, um, that's basically. I I mainly just wanted to, uh, an excuse to talk to you a little bit. Um, <laughs> what do you What else you got going on these days? Uh, yeah, just trying to figure out the next, uh, career change didn't come at the best, uh, best moment in history, um, with so many hiring freezes and who knows what businesses will even be open or how they'll be functioning, um, in the future. But yeah, just, uh, finished my degree in December. Um, still not sure exactly what I want to do. Um, have a few ideas and, and move in on those. Not everything's a stall, so that's that's good. I've gotten a couple offers uh, for places. Just I'm waiting for the the right decision. Um, I'm lucky enough not have to not having to to jump into something immediately, um, even during these times. So uh, yeah, just blessed to be able to have options, but still looking for the right one. And then uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see about stars. Uh, gonna be 33 here in two days. Cool. So happy birthday. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep running around, but, um, yeah, that's, that's been fun as well. 
and did you get your did you finish your degree at UNLV or where yeah you- they let me finish online um so yeah finally finished that and then I mean right now just looking into really master's programs graduate programs just because there's not much going on and there seems to be like there's going to be some time so um I might end up uh, going the education route and just keeping keeping it going just yeah while I'm and still in that mode while I'm not too far off and and you and your wife are also doing I I this is not a video uh it, we're not releasing the video but I will say that you there's a pile of material in the in behind you <laughs> that I assume is uh part of this your wife is making math you and your wife are making masks right yeah yeah, so uh, my wife runs her own business. This is her, her office she's letting me use. Um, she designs uh, children's clothing, and she does, like, teethers and pacifier clips and that sort of thing. But as soon as this was happening, um, she's a registered nurse, so she, she understands the risk. She even talks about feeling guilty because she's at home and she's, you know, able to, to work as a nurse, but still to, to go under those conditions um, right now, I think – like I said, we're, we're blessed to be able to, to be able to stay, stay safe from that. But um, as soon as this happened, she has nurse friends and, and worked at, you know, she worked at UW and multi-care. Um, so she knows, knows a lot of those people. So she transitioned her business and started making masks and then enlisted my help. So I've been cutting fabric the last month and, and doing all the, the mundane tasks that anybody can do, ironing, uh, cutting fabric and, and just organizing uh, so she can do the actual sewing and designing and stuff. But yeah, she's, she's been selling a lot and um, we've been busy. Yeah. This is all the material nice. back here. Nice. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us, Lamar. Um, I, 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 I know I always appreciate getting to catch up with you and, and uh, appreciate your insight, especially when it comes to fashion. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. This is one I was excited about. Like I said, finally something <laughs> I, I know a little bit more about. <laughs> yeah. Well, good stuff, Lamar. Thanks, Tim. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's the Sounder Art Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Shan, and we'll, we'll see you next time. All right.